All right. So we're working through the um, being true in 22, real, genuine, authentic followers of Jesus. And in particular, we're looking at this series on developing Christian character as we examine the fruit of the Spirit out of Galatians chapter 5 together. And uh, kindness is the next one in the list. Galatians 5.22 says this. How about we read it together? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. A woman was standing at the bus stop waiting for the bus and she noticed that there was somebody passing by and when that person went by they gave some money to a a person that was uh, begging. He was uh, crying out for help, sitting nearby. This lady waiting for the bus felt convicted, so she thought she should do the same. So, so she took some, took some money, a $10 note out of her wallet, purse. She leaned over to him and she whispered something into his ear. Never despair. Never despair. Wasn't that a kind thing to do? The next morning, the same woman was sitting at the same spot and the beggar to whom she had given the money approached her and handed her a $100 note. And she said, what's that for? He replied, lady, I took that money you gave me yesterday and went to the racing track. Never to spare, paid 10 to 1. (laughs) I am not encouraging horse racing today. But you never know how much your kindness might pay off for that person or even reflect back to you. Um, So we're going to talk about kindness this morning. There's an interesting word, kindness. The King James Version uses the word gentleness. Gentleness, and then later on where where, where the NIV says kindness, it uses the word meekness. Well, gee, they're just so close. The meanings are so close. We're going to look at them a little bit this morning. And so what is the meaning? The meaning is a tender concern for others. So the Greek word is krestotis, krestotis, and it means that, that you are tenderly, concerned for others. It could be their needs, it could be their welfare, it could be their uh, mental health, it could be their lifestyle, whatever it is. It's not to do with any weakness, it's not to do with any lack of conviction. You can be gentle but still be strong on your convictions. It's more than that. It's, it's, it's more about treating others gently, just like Jesus does for us. You know, Jesus could say, I don't care about you guys, you're all sinners, you can go to hell. But he doesn't, does he? And we just remembered that this morning, that he did something amazing out of love and kindness towards us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm actually going to not say much this morning that isn't scriptures, okay? So I'm actually referring a lot of scriptures that are on gentleness. I'll just have a word or two in between. So if you, if you get tired of writing down all the um, Bible references, I can copy off my notes for you and I'm happy to do that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, Paul writes, We are not looking for praise from men, not from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ Jesus, we could have been a burden to you. But we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her children, like a nursing mother caring for her children, other translations say. So, so they were modelling Christ to the churches, particularly the Thessalonians where Paul was writing this one to, of that 
care, that kindness, that gentleness, it, it's sort of all in the same word there. We use English words to explain it. Now, Jesus wasn't uh, always meek and mild, like we sing in the uh, Christmas carol. He was tough. He was tough on people that uh, were, were sinners who were disobeying God's law, but at the same time, he was tender towards those people. How do you be tough and tender at the same time? Isn't that a, isn't that a skill to learn? This word um, kindness comes from a, a stem or root word, which means to furnish what is needed. So if you are kind to somebody, you are helping them out with what is needed. I've got to admit that as, as, I was re- uh, as I've been preparing these sermons, some of the ones that I've preached already, they're, they're areas that I find hard to do. This one, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet here, this one I find easier to do. I find it easier to be kind to someone than some of those other ones like patience and, uh, and the rest. It's actually it's about caring for others to the point of taking action. Caring for others to the point of taking action to help them out with their needs or to meet their needs. It can also mean um, excellent or of service or useful. So this, this has got a, a broad meaning, this word, this kindness or gentleness. Bottom line is, it, is that it's love in action. That's what it is. It's love in action and it, 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 it values the other person. It, it affirms their worth to God and to you. And regardless of skin colour, of social status, of political leanings, every person has value or worth. Every person has importance and significance in God's sight. And that's what leads us to be kind to people. That's what motivates us to be kind to people. Do we have any examples of this in the scriptures? I, I believe we have a model of this. We, uh, sorry, I've just said state the meaning, catching up. But we do have models, and there's a number of scriptures here I'm just going to read through that relate to us the models that we have. And, and, and all of them, I, I believe, are based on the model of Jesus and what he presented. In Titus, Paul writes to Titus, and he says this, But when the kindness and love of our God and Saviour appeared, who was that? Jesus. But he was showing us the kindness and love of God. What happened? Verse 5, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So we have this model, God's kindness towards us. Galatians chapter 6 says this, Brothers, if someone's caught in a sin, you are, who you are, who are spiritual, should restore him gently. You can wear kind, kindly in there. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So Paul's saying, there are these models that you should follow. The model of kindness. In Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 15 to 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, speaking of Jesus, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That grace to help us is kindness. 
kindness in action. Jesus shows that kindness. How do we know that? We know that he understands our struggles and he is still kind and loving towards us. How do we know that he models this kindness? Because he shows us the truth. He shows us the way and the truth of life. John chapter 8, oh sorry, John chapter 8 says, Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus shows us the truth in his lifestyle. Not only is he teaching, but in his lifestyle, he shows kindness, grace and mercy. Solomon, in his great wisdom, knew about kindness. And if you, if you do a word search, which is what I did in preparing this sermon, on kindness, the number of times that it's mentioned in Proverbs is amazing. We're not going to go through all of them today, only some of them. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. An honest answer, that kindness in an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Jesus loves us enough to tell us the truth. Sometimes in telling the truth, he cut people to the heart, didn't he? Especially the religious leaders. Possibly even offended them. But still he shows me the truth and he bestows his kindness on me even when he cuts to the heart with his words. And we know that's the case. Romans 3.23 says, oh, do I miss Romans 3.23? Yeah, must have. Romans 3.23, you know, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace, brackets kindness, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4 says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He loves us enough to tell us, tell, tell us the truth. He models kindness for us. That's the Lord Jesus. Ephesians 4 and 32 says, Paul writes to the Ephesians, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Do we have any clearer commands than these sort of words? that we should be people of kindness. And a lot of people have got this wrong perception about God. They think that God's the ultimate judge, which he is. They think that he's only a judge. They don't recognize his compassion, his grace and mercy, his kindness shown to all men. There's a, a passage in John's gospel, in Luke's gospel, rather, chapter 8, verses 40 to 56. I'm going to read it because it's the story of um, when Jesus raises a dead girl, Jairus' daughter, and also when he ministers to a sick woman. And this is what it says. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, welcomed him, welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house. Because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. You know the story. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Miracle. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. 
While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Jesus' kindness. He could have criticised the woman. I think there's another verse there. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Jesus could have been angry at the woman for touching his cloak, but he wasn't. He could have not bothered with Jairus because he was one of those rulers that was fighting against Jesus' ministry. But out of his love, out of his grace, out of his kindness, out of his mercy, he cared for them. So what's what's the basis of that story, of that passage? There are two key people in that passage. One was a man, the other was a woman. One was rich, the other was poor. One was an outcast, the other very influential. There were three dynamics at work in this story. He attended. He, he was there with them. He saw them. He saw who they were as people. Just didn't brush them off. And then he saw their needs. And I wonder if, if we are truly wanting to be kind with people, do we see these dynamics at work in our relationships? Do we, are we there with them? Are we in the moment with them? Do we see them for who they really are? Then do we see their needs? Sometimes their expressed needs are not their real needs. Sometimes you need to spend time with a person to hear their story because what they're presenting is not always the the ultimate or the deep down need that they have. But you can't gauge that just on the first discussion with them. To one he said, just believe. To the other he said, your daughter is healed. It's amazing, isn't it? And I can go on and on with lots of other stories in the scriptures that talk about Jesus' kindness, his grace, his mercy towards people. The Good Samaritan story, feeding of the 5,000. Jesus was always reaching out. He was always modelling that care, that value of the other person. He was modelling that towards those who were depressed, those who were distressed, those who were stained by sin and and wrong decisions. Jesus modelled kindness for us. So we need to take on board that model and say, how can I live that out in my life? A third thing we can do is we can strive for the real expression of kindness in our love. William Barclay made this quote. He's a Bible scholar. He said, more people have been brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world. So it's not how good or how bad the preacher is. It's by it's about the kindness of real, genuine Christian people. That's what we should be aiming at. We should be aiming to be real, authentic, genuine as followers of Jesus in our lifestyle. We should be true in 22. What, 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 how should we strive to be kind? The scriptures are very clear on what we should do. First of all, they tell us, they command us to be kind. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says this in his 
description of Christian living, he says, do not let any, un- let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only is what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. He goes on, he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate, verse 32 says. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is a clear command. This is a clear clear command from God's word through Paul of how we should live. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another. Romans chapter 12 and verse 9 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. These are commands that, are, that will enable us to show kindness. How do we strive to be kind? We need to look at our character, who we are. Who are we really? You know, underneath the skin, as it were. What people don't see. That's who we really are. Hopefully that reflects in what they do see. Let's aim for that. But certainly there's some scriptures that give some great encouragement. Psalm 63, Psalm chapter 63, verse 3 says, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. So the psalmist is saying that because he knows God's love, he will glorify him. This is the character of a person who is a kind person. Uh, the next is Isaiah 49. God says to Isaiah, See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. God is showing his character of kindness. We are to emulate that. We are to see that as a model. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm sure you know this one. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love sees the value and the importance and the worthiness of other people. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Is that the sort of character that we have? Is that what we're hoping for? Is that what we're aiming at? And certainly um, this passage, Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the character of God. That's His the character that we should be hoping to emulate in our lives. And the third thing to consider in showing a little kindness is is that we need to monitor our conduct. So the first one was we need to hear the command. Secondly, we need to recognise the character, what character produces kindness. And the third thing is we need to monitor our conduct. What does that mean? Proverbs again. A kind man benefits himself, but a cruel man brings trouble on himself. Just like the... uh, the children's video said, and that quote, that, uh, that, that if we show kindness, often we get the benefit. Not that that's why we show kindness. We show kindness because we value the other person. Proverbs again, fourteen twenty one: He who despises his neighbour sins, but blessed is he who is kind to the needy. Blessed is he who is kind to the needy. Whoever oppresses the poor, Proverbs 14 says... The poor show, whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honours God. Do you want to honour God? Then be kind to those who are in need. It could be the people in your sphere of influence, it could be people outside of your sphere of influence, but you'll honour God by being kind for them, by valuing them as God values them. 
He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. Now, I, I, I investigated this verse. He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward him for what he has done. I didn't know God wanted to borrow anything off me. But that's what the scriptures mean. He who lends to the Lord will receive God's reward, ultimately. Not that we do it for the reward, but we will, God will reward us, uh, ultimately. And I hadn't, I'd read these verses before, but hadn't really looked at them from the perspective of kindness. Luke chapter 3. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, Jesus said, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. That's what kindness is. Then your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So God even shows kindness to those who are ungrateful and wicked. He wants us to do that too. And one more verse from Colossians. Therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. I wonder if we'll get the message over this term. That uh, we're told to put these things on, to clothe ourselves, but it's really God's spirit, allowing God's spirit within us to bring these qualities and these virtues out. Colossians. Yeah, okay. So Colossians. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. 1 Thessalonians. Is it going to come up? Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always tries to be kind to each other and to everyone else. The message is there for us, isn't it? The message is there for us. And then Titus, to finish with Titus. That's where we started. Is it going to go? Next one? All right, we've stopped. Oop! There. Titus 2, verses 4 and 5. Talking about women training their younger women, the older women training the younger women. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to the husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Our disposition, our attitude in life should be one of kindness. The fruit of the Spirit, God wants to bring that virtue out in our lives. How do we do this? What if we choose to do this? What's going to happen? We need to look for opportunities. And I'm sure that opportunities will abound once you start saying, Lord, who can I be kind to today? Uh, Whether it's a phone call or a visit or a a gift or taking a meal around or just a, uh, a kind smile as you're walking down the street. But in doing that, I want to tell you that whenever you choose to be kind, you'll be inconvenienced in some way. What do I mean? It'll take time. It'll take time. It'll take effort. You know, to smile at somebody or to give somebody a nod is a willful choice. And so, in a way, you'll be inconvenienced. It could be financially. It could be time. All those things. But if you want to be kind towards people, you will be inconvenienced. And remember that others have been kind to you. Why should I be kind? 
because others have shown their kindness to me. So there's a motivation factor there. And then ultimately, if you really choose to be kind, you need to remember God's kindness towards you. He has shown you his love, his grace and his mercy. And so he wants you to emulate that. He wants you to live that out in your life. One uh, philosopher from, an author and philosopher from the United States, you may know his name, Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, you can never do a kindness too soon for you never know how soon it will be too late. Do you get it? If you don't do that kindness now, it may be too late. I'm going to pray that we will all be kind according to God's definition to value others and to take action in meeting their needs. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that uh, we have received your grace, your mercy, your love and your kindness. And Lord, that's what motivates us to be there for others. It's not easy, Father. It will be. There may be a cost involved. But Lord, we know that this is your desire because Jesus showed us this model, that we are to be kind out of our value and worth as we value and worth other people around other people around about us. Lord, we say thank you. Thank you that you have given us that model and thank you you give us the strength every day to be your representative, to be real, true, authentic disciples of Jesus wherever we live. We pray for that this week. Help us to be kind to someone. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.